What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Dwayne's All-Encompassing Life Podcast, episode seven of season two. And today we have a banger in store. We've got Mr. Simba all the way from Australia. How you doing, mate? I'm good, thank you. How are you today? Good, good, good. Yeah, glad to have you in. Um, and we're going to be talking all about Liverpool today and their recent struggles and dip in form. And we'll get your take on their situation and how you believe their, uh, the rest of the season will pan out for them. So, um, first off, to put things into context, Liverpool have been inconsistent recently after losing to Bournemouth on the weekend, 1-0. Prior to that, they had uh, managed to win five games in the Premier League without conceding a goal. And they are out of the FA Cup and the League Cup. Um, they do face Real Madrid tomorrow evening in a crucial second leg at the Bernabeu to keep their um, international dreams alive. Now, given... Just to just to let everyone know, you're a massive Liverpool fan. You you lived in uh, England for all of your life and moved to Australia a year ago. How is your how is your have you been able to 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 catch up with Liverpool even though you're in Australia? How has that been? Um, yeah, I mean because of, because of the time difference, you know, it does make it quite difficult. Um, you know, usually. The, the times that the games are on. Um, you know, I'd have to wake up maybe at like 3 or 4 a.m. Uh, to kind of watch a Premier League game. So, you know, it's it's not ideal. Um, so I think this season I've probably felt a bit more out of depth because mm-hmm. I can only really catch up with highlights. So, you know, I'm watching like three or four minute summaries um, mm-hmm. of, of a game. Um, you know, these highlights have been picked as well. So, you know, whereas... I prefer to watch the entire game because then I can kind of make my own assumptions mm-hmm. rather than, you know, these certain um, networks. So they will pick the highlights that they want yeah. you to see. Yeah. So, you know, I think this season, I think everyone knows what Liverpool's been going through with. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's definitely been difficult to be able to, to keep up with the games. Like you said, yeah. uh, living in England, um, spent the last few years in Manchester, but obviously, you know, growing up in Liverpool, um, yeah. it made it quite easy to watch the games, you know, uh, especially towards the end there, you know, I was going to every Champions League game, most League Cup games, um, mm-hmm. you know, most FA Cup games. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, you know, I definitely had the pleasure of being able to see Liverpool mm-hmm. when they were at the peak. Um, yeah. So, you know, even though I can't watch as much, you know, I can definitely feel the impact of this is not what I used to go and watch live. Yeah. I mean, even though they're, they're not where they once used to be, I still... I still think they'll finish in the top four. Um, I still think they're, they'll they'll make the Champions League, and I think, just in terms of they'll not they'll not reach what they did you know, a few years ago, by any means. But I still think they'll they'll still be able to 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 catch themselves and 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 compete for international, uh, in in the international competition. And I think they'll, it's they'll they'll they'll, they'll regain their form. Do you agree? You know, um, I think I was um, watching a video earlier on and, you know, the conversation topic was around, you know, how many times in, in the past 20 years, you know, can you say definitively, like a team was the best team 
in Europe, which basically is the world, right? You know, mm-hmm. if you say European football is the best level of football, and you know these guys were really kind of struggling to to think back, and the teams they were thinking back to, you know, they were really histor- historical teams. You know, yeah. you could think of the Barcelona mm-hmm. era of you know your Messi, Xavi, yeah. Iniesta. Uh, Thierry Henry, Ronaldinho to a certain extent, um, and then you know there was this debate whether it was a Real Madrid or AC Milan before mm-hmm. that, you know, and and obviously maybe you could say Bayern Munich for a time were probably the best team in the world. So, but that's in the past twenty years, you know, not many teams. They might be the best in their league, you know, Real Madrid at times yeah. win the Champions League or the La Liga or vice versa. But you know, the for, for Liverpool to have been where they were for so long, you know, where they were undeniably, you know, no one would. Bat an eyelid if you were to say Liverpool's the best team in the world. I think I would say, you know, from 2018, 2019, mm-hmm. yep. um, yep. going through the COVID season. And then I'll maybe say, you know, and then last year, I would say yeah. was really the kind of peak of performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, we spoke about offline last week about how, you know, for, their, for Liverpool to play every possible, you know, um, competition game, available to them and mm-hmm. to win two cups and to, and to lose two and yeah. for, for for them to go to the final day in terms of the, the Premier League as well yeah. um, you know it's 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 honestly it's something that I don't know if we'll see again so yes I agree with you that could we see Liverpool get back to this place perhaps so um, mm-hmm. but I think what helped Liverpool get to where they were was having a team also like Man City yeah. you know kind of pushing as well because mm-hmm. Liverpool felt like okay we know we're good but to kind of win the league, we have to get close to 100 points, you know, which is an absurd amount to even to have mm-hmm. to aim for. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, obviously we'll see, but another team this season could definitely win it with a lot less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as you rightly mentioned, Liverpool last year um, competed in all four competitions and reached all four finals. I think that's a point that's really where they've struggled this year because last year they were playing so much football that over time it just drained them. And... They did have, they profited from, um, from, from having a large enough squad. You know, they had, they had quality and depth on the bench. Um, and this year, yes, they've signed a fair amount of uh, new strikers, although they were heavily criticised for not um, signing someone in midfield to accompany, you know, Fabinho or the captain, the occasional captain, Jordan Henderson. Um, so I think the fact that, that, they were playing so much football in the recent years. It's just um, worn them out. And even uh, the d- departure of, as, as, as we talked about last week, Sadio Mane has really sort of been a more or less significant blow to them just because um, they had gotten so used to incorporating him, his playing style in their system. And now they have to sort of work around um, utilising Diego Jota or Nunez or, or other, um, even a Harvey Elliott occasionally. Um, so it's a so it's a massive shift that Liverpool have have had to undergo, and and I would sort of label this as a rebuilding phase, and sort of trying to trying to just make sure that um, they they play their best football to 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 just um, guarantee that they, they don't slip off completely, and just and just know in their minds, look, every team will will go through this this year, and. Um, just, just know that they'll, 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 they'll be all right, and and uh, just have to make the best of it to 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 guarantee that they'll still compete in the in the future years in inter, not only internationally but also domestically. Um, mm. Yeah. No, exactly, hundred percent. You know, and I agree hundred percent with what you said there because 
you know, um, like I mentioned before, the different teams maybe in the past eras that have been known to be the best teams in the world. You know, when you kind of analyse the, the leagues that they were playing with, the style of football that would have been played, you know, more often than not, you know, the best teams in the world are incredible, obviously, um, attacking and defending, but they also tend to press as well. You know, it's part of the way, um, you know, win the ball high up the pitch, and then obviously you attack in the final third. Now, you know, if you see teams like a Barcelona or Bayern Munich, you know, even with uh, the German pressing or, you know, the, the style that Pep would like to play, mm-hmm. it's very different, I would say. Well, I mean, slightly different at least um, to the style that Jurgen Klopp wants to play. And especially when you're playing in the Premier League, which is already a physically demanding league, mm-hmm. to then add on top of that, you know, a high-level, intense uh, pressing style playing of football, you know, week in, week out. Because um, I'm sure you would know maybe with different teams, um lower down the league when they play certain teams you know they'll play a certain way but mm-hmm. Liverpool play the same way no matter who they mm-hmm. played no matter mm-hmm. if it was um, the third round in the League Cup mm-hmm. or you know it was the, the title deciding game in the Premier League mm-hmm. you know they played the exact same way mm-hmm. in an already physically demanding league which I think like you said led to what has happened now and I think what also didn't happen uh, what also didn't help sorry was the fact that you had a winter World Cup for mm-hmm. the first time ever yeah. Um I believe, and that then meant, you know, the preseason was a lot shorter. So, you know, after playing every possible game, you're coming back, um, I think, at least two to three weeks earlier than you should have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're having to prepare again for the new season ahead. Mm-hmm. And as much as they are professional athletes and, you know, their sole job and purpose is to be ready for games, I think, you know, playing a game every three days for that extended period of time um, I think it was inevitable that, that this would happen. Yeah. Now, going off just what you said with regarding the, the the way Liverpool play and the way Liverpool operate, do you think that Liverpool, knowing what they know about other teams and the fact that other teams have sort of managed to crack their system and, and understand how, how their game plan works, do you think Liverpool will continue to operate the same way they will in the future? That's, yeah, that's a very interesting point, you know, especially after watching the game against Bournemouth, uh, which is very frustrating to watch. And, yeah. you know, the amount of times that we would be caught out with our high line. Now, the comments that the pundits were making, these are the same comments that they've been making for the past two or three years. You know, when Liverpool win, it's completely fine. You know, the talk is all about how amazing Liverpool played, how high up they were pressing, mm-hmm. and then... Uh, they might talk ever so slightly about the cu- uh, couple times that, you know, Van Dijk, Matip, uh, Gomez were caught, mm-hmm. um, you know, not implementing the offside trap properly, the high line. Mm-hmm. Now, um, those comments are becoming more apparent because we're losing a lot more, right? So, you know, that's just how it works in media. You know, the more you're losing, the more that they're going to make comments on these things that have always mm-hmm. been happening. So... Jurgen Klopp maybe with the increase in pressure and I think that will be down to his management he will have to decide to say look do I stick to what I've been doing for the past four or five years um, or you know near enough as soon as he came really or, or do I now change just because the media are saying that I need to change it so that will be something very interesting to see but I think with the with with that particular system I would think he either needs to change it 
well, he needs to buy some new players because, you know, when you're on your back foot and, you know, you're having to pivot onto your left or pivot onto your right, or you're already kind of running back, anticipating, you know, their forward striker to make a mm-hmm. run in behind you, you know, you need to be someone like Virgil van Dijk where you can match the pace of a forward as a defender. But as you get older, these things are going to catch up with you. And, you know, if you have um, a slight time delay in terms of a response, that's maybe even half a second, that might be the only space that someone needs. And, you know, especially when you're playing in the types of competitions that we're playing in, like you said, mm-hmm. playing against Real Madrid tomorrow, you know, you can't give someone like Benzema or Vinicius Junior, you know, a, a half a second advantage because, you know, that could be the difference between a goal or not a goal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, now, one player I'd like to focus on specifically, he's been more or less under heavy criticism, not so much in the last few weeks, but more over the last year or so, that's also another reason why he wasn't picked for England in the World Cup, is Trent Alexander-Arnold. Now, we're all aware of his abilities going forward and his, his, his beautiful um, set pieces and his also his, his, his capabilities of crossing the ball and, and providing great assists. Um, but he's, he's been, he's been criticised for his defensive abilities. He's not necessarily um, been able to really nail them down and sort of um, sort of prove his point when he's been sort of you know he was he was he was blamed for um, the, yeah. the the goal in, uh, in the Champions League final last year when he when it was more or less his mistake against Vinicius Junior now do you think that this rightfully so he was blamed or was it just um, a sort of small dip in form um I would say it could be a bit of both. You know, I think um, I think with, with Trent Alexander-Arnold, you know, a, a lot of people don't realise that his starting position, especially coming through the academy, you know, he was a midfielder. You know, he was playing in a similar position that, you know, Fabinho or Jordan Henderson were playing, you know, kind of that holding midfielder. Uh, that was his main position as he was coming up. So, you know, it's evident that's where his passing ability is coming from. And then when you're then moved up to the first team, um, you can't dictate, unless you're like a superstar already, you know, you can't necessarily dictate what position you want to play in. You're going to play in the position that you're available to play in, or, you know, the opportunity that you're given to play in. So when he plays right back, I think in this particular system, when it works, it really works, right? You know, mm-hmm. as you can yeah. see, Andy Robertson, Trent Alexander-Arnold, you know, the assists that they usually having per season are incredible you know the assists that you would expect from maybe perhaps like a attacking midfielder or you know a left or right winger uh, for example who likes to either cut in or cross the ball so I, I think when you take that into account and I think with someone of his passing ability um, there's always going to be a scapegoat as well I, that's, that's what I think you know people are always going to want to look for something to kind of say, well, he can't do this, which is right. You know, he's not the best defender, um, but I think he makes up for it with his passing ability. But I think when you look at the system that we play in, you know, I think it's a bit unfair to blame Trent also because he has been told to push up that high. Mm -hmm. He is expected to be in those higher positions because that winger isn't going to stay out wide. You know, that winger is going to cut in for potentially a, a cutback from Trent on the cross or maybe a deflection, for example. So, you know, how many times have you seen Mohamed Salah 
cut in onto his uh, left foot in that position because Trent's gone so far up and so far wide. So, yes, and then when the ball's played into that position, like you mentioned before, you know, teams have now worked out how to play against Liverpool, so they will purposely play it into that position because, again, Trent Alexander-Arnold, he's not Kyle Walker, so he can't rely on his pace to always kind of guarantee that he's not beat uh, on the counter-press. So... Um, I, I think it's a bit of both, you know, I think when he's in form, he kind of knows just how far he can kind of get up the field um, with enough time to kind of recover and get back. Um, but at the same time as well, he wouldn't knowingly, you know, especially when you're playing as a right back, you know, for half the time, you're on the side where the manager is. And if he was really that bad at defending, you know, you would hear Jurgen Klopp saying something or yeah. he would take him off. So I think to kind of, blame him will be a bit unfair because it's the system that he's been put in, you know, and I think not a lot of people when balls are played behind will blame Virgil van Dijk, you know, it's it's all the defenders, they know that it's a high press that all the defenders play, so when you see Trent Alexander-Arnold's in these advanced positions, people also then maybe need to understand that he's been asked to play there, and so it's unfortunate when he gets caught out because he gets the blame, and then when he's already getting the blame, eyes are already on him. Things like what you've mentioned there with the Champions League final last year, things like that that happened, which has nothing to do with his positioning so far up the field. It was a mistake which anyone could make, and then it's obviously amplified by the fact that it's the Champions League final, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think that helps his case. Um, but obviously, it's very interesting to see that with the Bournemouth game, you know, he was taken off at half time and mm-hmm. replaced by James Milner. Yeah. When usually you would think it would be the opposite, right? You know, Trent Alexander mm-hmm. Arnold to come off a game. He's not injured. Yeah. It's not like he's recovering from an injury and his minutes need to be managed. For him to come off at half time uh, was very surprising. So yeah. it would be interesting to, to find out what's going on there. Yeah, yeah. And to, to his defence, his, his, the combination on the right side of him and Salah has worked so well and has been so consistent mm-hmm. for Liverpool throughout the, the year. So, um, to see if 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 to see him, if at all fade, which I don't think is the case, would be unfortunate. But um, that by far I think he's been Liverpool's stronger side and has has been their Achilles' heel really, um, throughout the last years and has benefited them massively, um, and has been their sort of way of success. Um, you know, if it's Trent Alexander-Arnold crossing in or if it's uh, Arnold overlapping. On the right side, um, but that sort of that combination with Salah has has, has proven uh, to be massively effective um, in, in in Liverpool's uh, recent success. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and I think um, credit to your point as well. Like now that you mentioned Mohamed Salah, you know when if you think about it, the amount of dribbles he might complete in a game, you know how many of them are actually successful. You know it looks really well. Like for example. Um, Remember the goals that he scored against Man City when he cuts left, cuts right, cuts back in left again, or he'll stay right and he's making defenders fall over. It looks really good when it pans out, but if I'm watching these games live myself or, you know, from last season watching these games all the time, you know, there's so many dribbles that are unsuccessful in the fact that he doesn't beat his man. And the ball might go out of play, they might lose it, but because we lose it so high up the pitch... The, the moans and groans or the disappointment isn't as much because the risk then, you know, of an expected goal, it's very low. Whereas, you know, if Trent loses it, or even if you remember people still to this day don't like um, Carrius because of yeah. the, the mistakes he made in the Champions League final. So I feel like as a defender, um, you know, you have a very difficult job 
in knowing that if you lose the ball, you know, more than likely it's going to be the team quite high up the pitch. And Trent is being asked to play a advanced midfielder role from his right-back position, so to be in control of the ball and to dictate the play from a right-back position. So again, when he makes the mistakes that which should be which should be expected because, you know, the percentage of your pass completion or, you know, the, the the expectancy that someone is going to press and take the ball off you in that position has got to be expected. And then I think when he's then caught out with the ball, it just looks really bad because of the position that we're in, um, which, again, you know, I, I don't think it really helps. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, we can't forget these are these are professionals and just humans like us and they and they, they will, they're bound to make mistakes. And um, the key is for them to... To um or the way that they stand out to to the average person is that they get better and improve and and work on those mistakes, which I'm I'm sure he will and and I I'm sure that we will see Liverpool, um challenging for the title not this year but in the in the next few years for sure and also they'll be back um in their super super superb form they were um just you know next year or, or the year after with with a fresh team with sufficient rest. Um, and with with enough um, d- quality and depth, um, and um, well, on that note, sorry yeah. to interrupt you. Yeah. I actually have a quick question yeah. for you because if Liverpool were playing the way they usually played, yeah. and Man City were playing the way they usually played, you know where they lose two games in a season. Mm-hmm. Do you honestly think Arsenal would be um, a title contender at the moment? Um. Look, personally, ever since Arsenal lost to Everton, so it was a while back, I don't know, eight games or so, I thought Man City are going to win. But now since it's since Arsenal have five points in hand and Man City have their 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 performance have fluctuated ever so slightly and they've been lucky with getting a penalty in there and their playing style has, has not always um, helped them. Um, I've sort of, in my mind, my mind, it's still sort of, anchored that Arsenal are going to find some way to choke it. But then there's also uh, the other part of my mind that says, hmm, Arsenal, well, we're creeping towards the end of the season. They have five um, points in hand. They still st- still do p- play each other, which I might add, which is also um, of great importance. But um, just, I don't know, just the fact that history or, you know, the last few seasons suggest that, that Arsenal will um, find some way to just choke and some unfortunate and un- unlucky way to lose a game, even though even though they have um, won several games. I think they, they beat Bournemouth two weeks ago um, in stoppage time, and they also beat Man United a while back, I think in January, also in stoppage time. So, look, if they're at home and they they, they, they utilise their usual playing style and everything comes off in there and... and and they, you know, they find their own luck. Then I think on the day, given their form, I think they will win the championship. Personally, um, or should I say, win the Premier League? Um, and you, what do you think? Yeah, well, well, I think you know, uh, kind of the kind of marries them with kind of you know the topic of the conversation we've been having. Um, I if Liverpool and Manchester City were playing how they usually would play, mm-hmm. um, no, I, I don't think Arsenal would be contenders because it's not to say that they've made good progress from where they were last year. Um, however, you know, to see them kind of 
bowl, you know, the top four opportunity, uh, to all of a sudden winning the league. And I can't say it's not possible. You know, obviously look at Leicester, for example. Mm -hmm. But it's the fact that it's quite obvious that Liverpool and Man City, their their performance has dropped, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they've been holding such a high standard for so long that Man City is still, like you said, five points behind at this point. But, you know, they've already lost and definitely, you know, they've lost a lot more games against teams that they would have never, ever lost against. Mm -hmm. You know, it was Mm -hmm. almost a certainty Man City would always win or draw. Win or draw, it was almost always a certainty. So if they lost, you know, it was a really big push against, uh, you know, obviously for Liverpool as well, knowing Mm -hmm. we could either increase our margin or get, or, you know, decrease that margin depending on what side of Man City we're on in the league. So I think if Man City were, you know, all guns blazing, were, you know, were, expected goals is somewhere from two to to three or four Mm -hmm. and you know not really letting too many goals in and if Liverpool was still the same Liverpool um, I think Arsenal would be pushing for top four so I think they would be third at the moment or fourth and you know they would be very happy to go from missing out on the top four last year to now kind of solidifying their place Mm -hmm. in the top four so yeah, uh, it's not to take away anything from Arsenal. Um, however, you know, I, I do just think with the... Well, we're going to see at the end of the season, right? I would like to see the points tally at the end of the season and to compare that against the other seasons of teams that yeah. came second. So obviously, either also Man City, to look at their points tally from a second place and to see where Arsenal uh, compare because then I think that will be the telltale sign that, you know, the same with when Leicester won the league. You know, I think every few years... You're just going to have like this weird season where the teams were usually on yeah. top. Um, it's it's just a bit of a weird one. It usually follows after like a World Cup or like mm-hmm. a Euros, and depending on how far we get and how many players um, who play in the Premier League are involved in the latter stages of those competitions, I always kind of put a seed in my mind to say, okay, so it's still Portugal, it's still these guys, because then I kind of will then look to see how will these guys now start the season and actually go through the season, you know? Um, will Kevin De Bruyne get injured? Belgium get to the semi-finals of yeah. the Euros, for example. You know, these little things mm-hmm. um, I will always just be taking in mind. So, yeah, I personally don't think um, Arsenal will be where they are if Liverpool were playing how they yeah. usually do. Yeah, I, th- I think I agree with you because if you look at the way that Liverpool consistently would win games and they would never really... There would be a rare alone occasion where they would lose or draw a game unexpectedly but they would consistently win and consistently just um, overwhelm their opponent so I think if you were to take Liverpool in their prime in the last whatever if you say 2020 or 2019 or even last year and Man City in their prime of you know 2019 or 2018 when they both um, won the Premier League and did really well internationally I think I, I would agree with you they're just a different they're just a, a they have they had more quality in terms of um sort of being consistent but also um uh finding their sort of their their form and being able to 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 never really have to rely on that that extra sort of those extra five minutes at the end if and and to be lucky because they would always finish off games uh in the you know come the eightieth minute or come the eighty five fifth minute so they would really have that ability to just play their game for 80 minutes and then by the 80th minute they would have won the game and they could just, you know, um, make their subs and, and, and sub on their players and sort of give them um, 
the Premier League experience to 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 you know the younger players. So I think the fact that Arsenal have been they have played well in the games that have mattered, but also on the other hand, they've they've been um able to ride their luck against opponents you know Bournemouth they're not that potent um and if if they if if Arsenal encounter a similar um you know if if they find themselves to be in a similar situation late on against Man City I don't think they will be able to find the same luck they did against Bournemouth and I think that will eventually come back to haunt them and therefore um you know consist you know Week after week, I don't think that they'll be able to keep up with that the way they have been doing. Um, and especially if Man City and Liverpool were in their top form, I think they'd just be blown away. So I, do, I agree with you. They, they, they would, they, they'd be third or fourth um, because I don't think that they, given you know Newcastle and, and Tottenham and their sort of inconsistencies lately, I don't think that they would be below them. But I don't see them being first or second at all. Um, Agreed, agreed, yeah. and you know, usually as well, um, Liverpool or Man City, you know, they're still usually in all the competitions, you know, mm-hmm. um, and doing pretty well. Um, obviously, I know Arsenal being in the Europa League, and the Europa League has gone from what I would say when Liverpool were in it, you know, about 10 years ago, you know, playing against um, completely random teams like you would have never heard about mm-hmm. from um, these European leagues to something where, you know, you can have a Barcelona in there, you can have a Dortmund in there, um, you know, all testament to that. But, you know, for the most of it, Arsenal not being um, in, in other cups has meant, you know, they can put more focus on the league mm-hmm. because I definitely do feel like Mikel Arteta knows that this perhaps is their only chance. Yeah. You know, I think him having been on the inside with Man City, mm-hmm. work with Pep really yeah. closely, knows mm-hmm. a lot of these players. He knows their level and their mm-hmm. consistency levels, and he knows that this doesn't happen all the time. To mm-hmm. see a Man City team that is going to be still strong, but not as strong, yeah. where they are susceptible to mistakes. Um, so that's my that's my thought. But yeah, yeah like I say. Hopefully, fingers crossed, mm-hmm. Liverpool can regain some form. Yeah. But, you know, I think we definitely have to delve into the transfer window because, mm-hmm. to, like you said, we've signed some new strikers. We've got a good young team. Um, but I think we obviously hit the jackpot, which you usually have to do to be a really good team yeah. with Virgil van Dijk. You know, Barcelona had your Messi's, uh, you know, Bayern Munich um, had like your Lewandowski, mm-hmm. right? You know, you're always going to need kind of that premium triple-A uh, star yeah. player that is like the focal point of the team mm-hmm. so you know he's still doing pretty good but you know no one has an issue with him he still makes teams of the years quite mm-hmm. easily Virgil van Dijk yeah. it's the it's the midfield you know we have an mm-hmm. aging midfield Henderson is getting old mm-hmm. or is quite old and Fabinho is now getting old you know he's maybe at his peak or he's just about to pass it um and yeah, and, and I think that we just need to kind of bolster up our midfield, and and I think we will definitely be in the shot to 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 be in and around there all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, just to sort of, um, I ask this every every guest I have on. Do you think two questions? So, first of all, who will win the Premier League, and second of all, will Liverpool finish inside the top four? So. If you would have asked me this um, two months ago, I definitely would have said no. I think I remember looking at the table 
at a point, and I think we were tenth or eleventh. Um, and I just, it was still obviously early on in the season because it felt like longer, right? Because we had the Winter World Cup. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it felt like the season was more far ahead than it was. But, you know, I I, I would have said no. Um, and I think now, I think I looked at the table, obviously, after we beat United. Um, and, you know, to, to be within, I think at the time, it was, I think it was about five or six points. And I was like, okay, you know, United are now closer to us than they were to City or Arsenal. And for a moment there, United were being talked as part of like the uh, title contenders uh, because they weren't too far away from Man City. So when you take that into account, I realised, you know, is this going to be another season similar to, I think it was uh, just after COVID where I think maybe there were very limited fans, if you remember Alison Becker, scoring from the corner I do, yeah. um, to guarantee his fourth place. So mm-hmm. I think it could be another season similar to that because, you know, the the players that we are rumoured to be linked with, um, you know, the likes of Jude Bellingham and certain players mm-hmm. uh, from the Spanish League, I think, you know, they will only want to come if there's Champions League for yeah. football. I think they can forego one bad season, you know, mm-hmm. because they will look at the project as a whole and they will see, like you said, the young strikers we've now signed. And if Jürgen Klopp can say, look, you don't need to worry. These guys are going to press like crazy most of the game. Mm-hmm. I just need you to do X, Y, Z. You know? mm-hmm. So if we can get those midfielders in that team. Um, but yeah, to, to answer your question, I definitely think Liverpool will finish in the top four. Mm-hmm. Um, as it stands, we, we are still quite inconsistent. But I think, luckily, the teams beneath us, your the likes of your Tottenham and Newcastle, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, even a Liverpool bad season is still a good season in a lot of other teams' books. You know, yeah. um, even if we switch roles, like we just mentioned again, so not to hop um, on too much, but even if you were to swap Arsenal and Liverpool, Arsenal will be very happy to be in this position, knowing potentially they are actually going to make top four. So <laughs> I would say yes to Liverpool. And um, to answer the second part of your question, um, I want to say Arsenal. My 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 heart says Arsenal. You know, obviously, like you know, um, having family members support Arsenal. Um, you know, the, the likes of Mikush and, and Vicky. Um, but then my head, you know, understanding Man City and their squad and their depth and their style of play. Um, you know, I just struggle to believe that Erling Haaland is signed. And they don't win the league, so you know it's it's. So I think ultimately I'm 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 going to stick and say Arsenal. Yeah. Um, I think Arsenal will win it. I think City have just been a bit leaky as of late, mm-hmm. and it will just be very interesting to see if it comes down to it, will Pep rather they win the Champions League this year yeah. or the league? Mm-hmm. And I think with his close affinity that he has to Mikel and the pressure growing on him for so many years to win the Champions League, yeah. I think he would probably be happy winning the Champions League. Yeah. So uh, in light of that, that's why I think um, mm-hmm. Arsenal will win. Yeah, keep in mind that Arsenal also face Man City on uh, towards uh, towards the end of the season. And um, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. Pep Guardiola came out yesterday and said that his, seat, his um, tenure at Man City will be judged by the way he performs in the Champions League. And, you know, just, you know, I guess you can sort of derive from that that yes, he will probably lay the focus more on more on the Champions League, knowing that he hasn't won it, and time in a way is more or less running out. Um, 
because you know next year and the season to come you know Liverpool will undoubtedly be back um, Real Madrid will still be there and therefore this ideally is 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 Man City's time and, and chance to win it um, and um, so therefore who knows he might he might completely sort of focus and lay put everything into the Champions League and sort of sort of in other words maybe gift Arsenal the title but um, Pep Guardiola we know Pep Guardiola likes to sort of deceive opponents and say oh we're going to do this and then deep down he just wants to absolutely annihilate the opponent and also just um, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah 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 no I agree with you but yeah like, like I said I think if City hadn't signed the players that they signed this summer. You know, you could still argue that City were favourites to win the league. Mm -hmm. Um, I know, obviously, Pep says um, that, you know, he signs the best players continuously because he wants to instill fear in his team, which is maybe something that Liverpool haven't implemented because, you know, you'll see City win the league, uh, win the league cup and or the FA Cup, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously get knocked out the Champions League. And then they'll go ahead and sign someone who was like, a starting player from the team that they just came from yeah. and it's like where is this guy going to fit into the system mm-hmm. you know going mm-hmm. back to whether it's Jack Grealish yeah. um, then defenders that were signed um, you know then obviously you've got the likes of Haaland who's now come and you know you could think well they didn't really need this player they just it's like, it's like they buy players so no one else can have them but yeah. his system makes sense in the, in the sense that he wants he wants to instill fear through competition mm-hmm. so he doesn't want anyone to ever think when they go into a pre-season or they finish a season that I'm going to be starting yeah. as a right back mm-hmm. you know no no one's role is guaranteed mm-hmm. whatsoever in any part of the team it's just whoever's playing the best will play and I think maybe with the duration that Liverpool have been on top or playing so well you know you already kind of know who Liverpool's team will be I think like you said with Trent Alexander-Arnold I can't, I'm trying to think now, there's players have maybe played in this position, whether it's Joe Gomez or James Milner, but no one has been signed who is also an extremely good player. You know, maybe like a Hakimi from PSG, mm-hmm. where you would think, oh, why have we signed Hakimi? We've already got Trent Alexander-Arnold. But if we would have done that, you know, it creates this fear of, right, I need to play my best. Yeah. And it also gives these guys time to rest as well, yeah. you know? So mm-hmm. even with City... They can afford to not have Bernardo Silva and yeah. Kevin De Bruyne mm-hmm. um, not playing, but then they can put in their Jack Grealish, you know, uh, they can put in their people like uh, Rodri, um, yeah. people who are still world-class players, mm-hmm. um, you know, Riyad Mahrez even, yeah, you know, know. interchangeable perfectly with like a Bernardo Silva. Mm-hmm. All these players can come up, Phil Foden, do you yeah. know what I mean? The list yeah. goes on of these incredible <laughs> yeah. world-class mm-hmm. midfielders that they've got. Yeah. Um, that they can bring on, which Liverpool just don't have that capacity. We've mm-hmm. got young players like a Harvey Elliott who yeah. could get to like a Phil Bowden, yeah. and then the majority of them are old players, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think maybe that's just like the missing piece, really. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, yeah, the entire entirety of of Man City's bench would walk into any team's starting eleven, undoubtedly, um, and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, even even as you mentioned, that there there are a select few players at Man City that sort of fell out with Pep as a result of the highly competitive nature that he instills at um, at, at Manchester City. You know, the likes of João Cancelo, who's now left Man City for Bayern Munich, and also um, 
Leeds favourite Calvin Phillips, who never managed to actually find or regain his form after the after he was signed um, in 2021. He had a fair few appearances, but sort of not very significant. Um, and then otherwise, he's just um, he just he just makes the headlines when when the bench is announced. Um, so yeah, so the, so obviously there are some downsides to that, um, but um, yeah, we'll see we'll see where the the exciting Premier League uh, will will finish, and um, we'll see what will come. Uh, obviously, Liverpool play tomorrow evening against Real Madrid. Um, and um, do do you, do you reckon do you fancy your chances or? Um, look, I mean, how many times could you say you know the following words in a sentence? You know, Liverpool, Liverpool down um, on the night on aggregate going to the Bernabeu. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a story that we've lived um, mm-hmm. quite a few times. You know, mm-hmm. I think if you're going to have a team pull something back away from home against you know one of the best teams in the Champions League if not the best you know in terms of just the form and how they play um, you would think it's Liverpool and it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. the goal draw is you know you would pull Liverpool up there so I think for that reason never going to lose hope however I do find it quite unlikely um, if I'm being completely honest if we were to lose that time altogether um, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world in terms of I would rather we solidify next year's Champions mm-hmm. League spot uh, rather than worrying about going going uh, you know win or bust essentially on this one because imagine if we put full focus into this Champions League and trying to get to the final uh, which we definitely obviously could do as we go to the final you know if you look at the history of how many times we've been to the final I think since 2017 2018 um you know, it's quite ridiculous. So, like, I think 2017, 2018 was against Real Madrid. Yep. I think we then returned the year after to win it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we then missed out the next year and then we returned. So, you know, in the past, like, five or six years, we've been there or thereabouts, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. all the time. But I think this year, we just kind of need to allow our players a bit more rest, you know, not expecting to play so many games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, um, we'll, I look forward to the time. But yeah. I think Real Madrid's confidence after... After last year, you know, how they kind of went through all the English teams. Um, Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Simba, thank you very much for um, tuning in and and giving, assessing the situation, giving your your, uh, take on everything. Uh, It was an absolute blast. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure. No, it was, uh, it was a pleasure. Thank you for, for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, follow the podcast, and yeah, I'm excited to, to see where it goes. Yeah. So, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Um, remember, you can find me on Spotify under Dwayne's All Encompassing Podcast.com. All right.